All right, welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 179 here, episode 2 of the new year of 2019. Uh, Altai here, joined by... Remo. All right. And uh, before we started the, 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 the stream here for YouTube, at least, we had a nice conversation about MMORPGs being dead or not. A conversation we've talked about quite a few times on the MMOs.com podcast, but something that keeps getting brought up, and I think something that deserves a bit more discussion. Because I think a lot of people do believe MMORPGs are dying or are already dead, given just how how little they take up almost like gaming news. You know, I think when we were growing up, Altai, World of Warcraft was like front page news, like how, how big the game was, because it was a new kind of game, basically. And things have been, MMORPGs have been off the, the mainstream news a lot. It just hasn't had the same zeitgeist the way it has, you know, back in like 2005, 2006, 2004 era. However, I've been long making the argument that MMORPGs simply are not dead. It's just that the growth in MMORPGs has slowed significantly. Okay, so, we, so we have, we have thoughts well, my thoughts are it's not dead. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a meme thing to say, like, dead game. You know, it's like a, people say mm-hmm. that. About, people say, like, League is a dead game. People say, like, you know, everything is a dead yeah. game. It's like a joke almost. But mm-hmm. I will perhaps disagree with you on this point. I think they are dying, Okay. The, the signs of uh, the oak, remember, the oak, the big oak tree that's dying still looks pretty impressive, right? So, yes, the numbers are still there. Lots of people are still playing, you know, RuneScape. Lots of people are still playing WoW, right? But I do, I do, I do sense rot deep inside that oak tree, okay? Interesting. Now, why do you, first of all, we should, we should agree on something that, you know, when people say an MMORPGs are dead, what do they typically mean? I think there was a valid argument to be made that the growth of MMORPGs, or, or rather, the, the number of new AAA and more RPGs is definitely down. Obviously, yeah, we we've yeah. seen studios like EA, they, 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 the well, Star Wars: Old Republic, <coughs> twenty million dollars to make, didn't do very. You know, it, it it didn't reach their expectations. We've had a lot of big budget and more RPGs just not hit the numbers they've been looking for. We have we have less AAA games. We have maybe uh we have a lot of games closing down because we've had so many launches. However, I I I like to define and more whether the genre is dead or not by how many people are actually playing and more people, or how much money games are making in the genre. Either definition works for me. And I think both those numbers, since you know, even the peak of World of Warcraft, when WoW peaked at like 12 million subscribers or whatever they had, right? Even since that day, numbers are up significantly. For the genre as a whole, you're saying player numbers. For the genre as a whole. And okay. I, I want to bring up a few numbers well, to people, I think. Okay. Go ahead. Your, oh, no, no. Okay, so like, we, we mentioned before, like EverQuest, I think, peaked at like 125,000 subscribers, uh, concurrent users, rather. And that was based on press releases directly from Sony Online Entertainment. So we know, we know those numbers definitively. I don't think WoW ever released directly how many concurrent players they ever had worldwide we know you know they peaked at like 12 million subs or something around there yeah. and even the numbers are down half we need to make up for the half and i think we've done it quite a bit with newer games and i'm looking at some um like blade and soul for example there's an old article from 2013 on Engadget where blade and soul surpasses 1.8 million concurrent users in china obviously blade and soul is not nearly as popular today as it was back in 2013 but i will in china they had, they had 195 servers just for this one game okay if we're gonna okay here's the problem though the minute you insert China into the equation, you have to look when then all future numbers that we talk about have to be a percent of the whole player base. It cannot just be nominal numbers because in the year like 2000, when we were playing Ultima Online, Chinese okay. people literally did not have the internet. Okay, like yes, obviously. So so the fact that there were a billion people our age in China with zero internet and now they have it, that that alone is going to make every genre of gaming look way bigger than it was previously, right? So okay, okay, sure. We have to we, either we, keep, we keep it nominal or the West. Yeah, we either keep it nominal and look at the West, or we keep it percentages and we can look at the whole world. Wait, let's look at the West then. I mean, we have games like RuneScape that are, despite being, you know, they're from 2001. You know, I think last 
last couple weeks ago, they released some stats saying they have over a million subscribers now. And they have, a, they have the highest ever monthly active user count they've ever had in, the, in 18 years. I mean, the game is at uh, 100, over 130,000 concurrent users as well. RuneScape today is more popular than, than, than EverQuest ever was in the peak. Yeah, RuneScape, you... RuneScape, I think, is the one great uh, exception, actually. That, and it is going from strength to strength. It is bigger now than ever. The, mm -hmm. By paying players, nominal players, they are very – and surprisingly for such an old game, they're not just on maintenance mode. They are actively developing both the old yeah. school RuneScape version and uh, the current RuneScape 3 version. So they are, and they're on mobile now, cross-platform. I mean, RuneScape is the way to go, uh, the model to follow. I wish Blizzard was as um, hands-on with uh, WoW the way RuneScape is with, uh, or Jagex is with RuneScape. Mm -hmm. and, and look at the, even if we look at just the Western market, right? And you look at the, 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 the all we really have to do is make up for the, the loss in World of Warcraft to show that the genre is bigger now than ever before. And besides the growth, of, continued growth of RuneScape, you have, you know, newer games obviously which aren't super new games like final fantasy 14 games like elder scrolls online games like black desert in the west people do play these games and what's remarkable too is the growth of private servers as well somebody in chat was mentioning they're playing on a bdo private server with thousands of players online you know you have all these other old mrps as well that people are just still playing on private servers and very often private servers end up having bigger player base than like a lot of the official servers too and it actually blew my mind that i think it was last year i saw a private server for tales of pirate like this really old Chinese developed, I think, MMORPG. It's like it's over a thousand players online on one private server for this older game, and we have so many games like Tales of Pirate. You know, Mu Online, despite its age, is still incredibly popular, like worldwide. Uh, it was it was always really popular in South America too, but like a lot of people grew up playing those old games, even in America here in the West, and people are playing those on private servers today. We have countless new games that have diffused the player base over the years, and, and there's so many MapleStory private servers as well, and the. I think there are more people in the West playing MMORPGs than literally ever before. <coughs> All right. So with that in mind, there, can we both agree they're playing older games? So you mentioned uh, several there. Yes, and yes. Those older, those older games are still part of the MMORPG genre. I mean, yes. I don't think it's – you can't discount those. Okay. Of the newer games, we have ESO, Final Fantasy XIV, and like Black Desert Online. Those are the three newer games in the West that people are actually – playing and path of exile if you want to count that as an MMO, or warframe those are both more iffy i'll put those more in the MMO category but there's definitely some overlap there okay i think just your admission that uh, of your list of newer games right mm -hmm. kind of proves my my point that the genre is getting long in the tooth so here's, here's, let me let me step back here and explain what i mean mm -hmm. i like these metaphors okay so imagine a nice oak forest okay nice big proud large oak trees that are still they stopped growing perhaps um but they're mm -hmm. still there all right and that's what I would say is like, you know, your um, your WoW or your uh, Tibia or something, right? Those games that are still big out there, but yeah. they're old. They're dated now. They're aged. They're aged. They're not going to explode. Now, some of them might. Some of them might find, uh, you know, the secret to life and double again from here, the way RuneScape has, right? So it is possible, okay? But yeah. I think for every one RuneScape, you have 10 games that are old, still big population that are kind of just going with the flow, right? They're just going with the current player base. But but those old games that are going with the flow, right? Yep. There are so many of them. Yes. Which is well, mind blowing compared to yes, heyday. But, but I'm not done with the metaphor here now. Now mm -hmm. you can look at the tree; it's still standing, so it looks just as healthy as last year or ten years ago. But mm -hmm. we gotta look at the root system. Okay, the root system is important here. The root system here for me is the games in development. The triple A. None of these big studios, right, are are, fertil are putting the fertilizer in to grow a new crop, right? So that's mm -hmm. where I see. That's why I see it's, it's dying because. There's no, there's not enough investment. There's not much interest in that fertile soil. The soil is not fertile. 
right? New, new games are still coming out, though. They are, but yeah. what, what happens when they come out? Bless Online, pff, tree fell down. Okay. What happened? Yeah, oh, Atlas, pff, tree fell down, which is not a MO, but... There are, there's still a lot of people playing Atlas, all right? That game is still probably salvageable, all right? There's still something they can do there. I mean, Atlas currently aver is currently averaging like 20,000 players online. Definitely not bad, all right? I'll tie... Okay, back to MMORPGs. Moo you know, Legends launched, uh, Maple Story 2, a lot of excitement. But if you look at the Steam chart numbers, it is, you know, they're plummeting. Um, and this seems yeah. to be... Now, I think we can both agree it's a, it's a trend that a lot of these newer launches, new games, have not met the numbers, have not met the excitement. They, they just 100%. No, yeah. one's, no one's disagreeing there. But you're, you're missing the fact that we're getting so many launches today versus mm -hmm. 2005. Go back to 2005. How many more people were launching that year? A lot. There's more and more people launching probably in one month in 2018 than there is back then. I, no, we have I so many shit I games coming I out. I disagree. I disagree. I think there's more back then. No way. MRPGs? Yeah. I, I, no, I disagree. I think there's more coming out back then than now. That's impossible. Why? I'm counting all the Korean and Chinese games too. Wait, those all came out in that, that era. That you know, there was so many back then. I mean, area games used to have like 20 games alone, like, and they were coming out like a new game every month. Bada bing, that bada came, boom. That came out in like 2007, 2008. All right, they, they, they really started shooting the ship back then. Mm -hmm. But the, we have uh, so many game launches today. So many of those games aren't dead is the okay, thing, too. Uh, let's, let's, are let's, still do going. let's do an experiment then. So many games. List me every MRPG that came out in 2018. Go. Uh, Maple Story 2. Okay, one. Bless. Uh, the only two big ones that come to mind. Right, there's also Closers, right? Yeah, Closers, Soul Worker, probably. Okay, Soul Workers. No, no. One funny thing about this, all four of these games are actually not 2018 games. All four of those are actually 2015 games. Bless. Yes. Maple Story 2, Closer, Soul Worker are all well from Asia from 2015. Okay. So now, so actually, no games came out pretty much. Well, hold on. The number of games coming out doesn't matter. I, I don't understand why that's even the, why well, we were discussing the number of games coming out. Because let's look at the number of people playing the games. Because these games don't disappear when they come out. No, they made they, they expand the genre. Right. Games like Moo Legend have like 400 players on Steam. It's not a lot, obviously. Some mm -hmm. players off Steam as well. But these some people do like the game. They keep playing that game. So the genre keeps getting bigger on a total player base basis. Even with the game shutting down, more games are launching than, than, than shutting down. And there's more I people playing. So. Even, even with the small player bases, the numbers keep adding up. There are more. Like, it's insane, actually, how many people are playing. Like, like even how much you know, Path of Exile, you know, Warframe, ESO. The, the, look at the peak numbers of these players in the last month, even. They're, they're, they're still a very formidable again, number. I, I'm not one to argue that it's dead. Right, because like you said, the, the it's forest, not dead, though. The, you no, can't no, even begin talking about something that's dead when the genre I would say is still growing. At a, I said, well, that's what I'm, saying. I'm, I'm saying it's not dead. The, the trees are all alive. They're still sprouting leaves, right? I'm saying the rot has begun, and and this, and I see it at the roots, right? You're looking at the you look at the treetop, and you're seeing green, lush, uh, green leaves. Mm -hmm. You're saying it's growing, it's living. So you're you're saying maybe we'll see declines in like in the three, future, four years from based now, five on years. The, Based on the current state of the of the fertile soil, the soil is not fertile. The soil is barren, and therefore we will, we are going to see rot in the future. Maybe like I, I, I could see this genre perhaps decreasing in like five ten years. But then again, mobile mobile could re, you know revitalize the thing as well. But we've seen old school RuneScape <laughs> said said since launching on mobile, it's that's when they hit their peak in current users. Mobile has actually introduced new players to RuneScape that never played before. I mean, they wouldn't be hitting new new concurrent player you know peak numbers without new players entering the game so mobile expanded the genre for runescape quite a bit you know so we, we could see mobile but do a lot for mrpgs in the west hopefully you know we see better mobile mrpgs than a lot of the current crops you know ragnarok m eternal love just launched this last week though it's mostly an autoplay game i'm hoping to see more traditional mrpgs as well but i i don't think mobile could easily revitalize everything 
Uh, mobile, yes, mobile. But as of now, I kind of kind of group mobile in its own category. So it's a different forest. It's a different. It's a different species of tree. It's not oak anymore. Okay, we're talking mm-hmm. about aspen trees or something. GDFI points out that there's a lot, a lot of games coming out 2008, 2009. I agree that there were so many releases. And th- if you go to 2004, 2005, when World of- 2004 is when World of Warcraft launched off, like, that wasn't like the area games revolution. That was not the free to play revolution when, when we started doing Emoha. You know, 2004 was when WoW launched for the first time. Yeah. All you- the only launches in 2004, to before like we- before we had like all those free to play Korean games, was like these big budget Western games. Like, no, no, I'm talking about the it. launches of those games in Korea. So okay, let me bring up the chart now. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So first of all, before I move on to this, look, just look at the look at this red. It's a sea of red in Maple Story Two here. Yeah, obviously. Okay. okay so yeah. it, it just got demolished. Uh, but now let me let's bring up the chart here. Guys. But uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There are th- you're saying demolished, right? But you're missing the point. Go back to go back to go back to the okay, scene uh, chart. Uh, yeah, I'm here. There are there are two thousand five people playing this game that weren't playing before. Some of these players were maybe playing Fortnite. Maybe they're playing. Maybe, maybe they weren't playing MRPGs at all. Maybe maybe Maple Story Two introduced some players to the genre that never played the genre before. Okay. These, maybe the point is each game. <coughs> Yes. Unless it shuts it. down, has yes. people playing it, and yes. the overall numbers will increase because of it, and we'll get a lot more smaller games today than we did in 2004. 2004, you had like maybe you had one giant game, World of Warcraft, and that was it. Everything else was a rounding error. So okay, so okay, if if we're saying what we have to look forward to, uh, our our continuous stream of games that launch with some hype for yes. a month, and then yes, within three months are are ghost towns. They lose okay. half. Their, yeah, not not half. Towns. Not half. They, like like ninety-five percent. It's not ninety-five. No, look at this. Forty-two thousand. To you know, six thousand average players currently three. It's gonna it's gonna go down. Uh, you know, average nothing. player base. Sure. You look at the average player base went from twenty thousand to three thousand, which is obviously a sad decline. But we're gonna That's we have huge. so many That's more 90%, games. That's ninety percent, right? Almost. Yeah, because we, we you know everyone jumps to play the new game. They try it, and a lot of them quit and aren't interested in keep playing it. Everyone's gonna try the game today. The friction between changing games and trying new games is a lot lower than ever before. There's no subscription. There's no box for these games. And the anyway. Nexon launcher as well has probably much bigger numbers. Uh, yes, it has bigger numbers, but I suspect the declines, the, the percentages are similar. Uh, no, I bet you, though, the people that play on the Nexon launcher actually cared about MapleStory. The people that played on the Nexon launcher have much more retention than the Steam launcher because if you had the Nexon launcher, you played it for MapleStory 1. You know? And those players are less likely to just instantly quit the game the way Steam players were just willing to try the game for the first time. So I disagree. Okay. I think a lot uh, more uh, will play on it. It'll, it'll be 80 instead of 90% decline. But I, I am curious, though, if anyone has out there has a way of uh, finding out the MS2 player base numbers, either as a total or from the Nexon launcher. Uh, you know, let me know. Let us know. But okay, I want I want to go to this chart for a minute here. So, uh, I think we I mean, we've brought this up before, p- perhaps in a post game in the past. Um, so here I have an orange section on top here, and I started at 1980. This is when Mud One, the first uh, text MMO, basically the predecessor to MMOs, came out, and these are all the games of note between 1980 and 1995, right? Not that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of you might have heard of some of these games, but they were really, really primitive, like pixel-esque games. Yeah. I remember Tonight's is one that gets uh, some notice. some graphics, but it was still very much like uh, mud. That's right. Now, I have a second area here, the golden era. Okay, I call this the golden era. This is a 10-year period right here where we got we went from 1996, Nexus, King of the Winds, Furcadia. Uh, I played Nexus. I didn't play Furcadia. In 1987, we got Ultima Online. We got Tibia, which is a game that's still around. Uh, next year, 1998, we got Lineage. Lineage is still huge in Korea mm-hmm. uh, on both PC and mobile. 1999, EverQuest, first 3D MMORPG. Uh, Fantasy Star Online, 2000. RuneScape, 2001. Dark Age of Camelot, Adventure All, 2001. 2002, Final Fantasy XI, Ragnarok Online, still around. Uh, 2003, EverQuest, Lineage 2, MapleStory, Star Wars Galaxies. 2005, 
Guild Wars, Dungeon Fighter Online, still the number one MMORPG in the world. Mm. Now, we are now currently in the third age here. Third age started in 2006, in my mind, and that is the the decline age, right? Hold on. I've seen a lot of giant successes here that will see success for years to come. Okay, look at this. Look at you. Look at this post 2006 era. You have games like MF14, which I think have a long, long life period ahead of it. You know, well, 2013 is Rumble Born, right? But you have games like um, ESO. You have games like um, Warframe, Path of Exile. These games, I could see Warframe, Path of Exile being popular for the next 10 years. Can't you? And both yes. games are still increasing their player bases. So <coughs> maybe there's less games in between 26, 20, 2006 and today. That will be long, like lasting, the way we had World of Warcraft back then, Lineage One, Lineage Two, and all those other Maple Story One, pre two thousand five. But some of these games are going to be monsters for years to come. Yes, but obviously can, a lot of these will flop too. Yeah, but look, look at look at the look at this, this the most of the existing big games, right? Whether it's uh, WoW, Eve, uh, RuneScape, Tibia, all came out in this in a very short period of time relative to the other two. Yeah, I know. Same, so. The, the period of innovation and the strongest trees grew in this 10-year period. Innovation? Between. I don't know about innovation. What innovation are you saying? We saw innovation up until World of Warcraft. And the moment World of Warcraft came out, innovation died. Well, that's, there's only one year after that anyway in, in my little golden era. Mm-hmm. So Guild Wars was the first to do like charting in a way that I think a lot of com- a lot of those uh, DFO-style games did where there's a hub world, right? Yeah, but I mean, what, what, did Guild Wars come out before Dungeon Fighter Online even? Same year. I'm not sure, I'm not sure exactly uh what month of the year mm-hmm. it was still a little different guild wars i think popularized the concept of pay once play forever it's yeah. like a business model for well, more pgs no, no, I, well even more important than that i think the whole you know hub world it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, that was that was huge in guild wars mm-hmm. okay so okay, i'm not trying to argue that about innovation i, I want to purely look at if you have the player base for all existing and more pgs today in the west if you, if you had like a giant player list number count all the players including private servers now i would say the number is materially higher today than at any other point Yes, but, literally any yes other point. but it's lumped towards the older games. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, again, you still have big spikes from Warframe, Path of Exile, ESO, Depends how we start the definition Online. in terms of for Path of Exile and Warframe. But even, but the, even still does. Black these are new Online, games. All Path of Exile, Warframe, and, and Final Fantasy XIV are not new games. They're 2013. Five year, They're five six years, years old. old now. Five, five, six years old. Sure. Is that a new game? In 2004... Right, but why did it be new though? Well, well, here's why: because they will they will age out eventually. Like you, you can't keep it going forever. Like nobody's nobody's playing uh, uh, what, Neverwinter Nights on uh, AOL anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So these things will age out. I mean, that's inevitable. But the point, we still have new games coming out though. Again, well, no, we don't. That's a problem. Twenty sixteen. Yes, right? yes, that was okay. And it, it, it's got. Ten, tens of thousands of players That's online. T- on right. Steam alone, it's got over 10,000. True, true Saber flopped. Yeah, flopped. Yeah, Bless Online flopped. Well. BDO's got massively successful private servers with thousands of players online as well. You know, we've seen a lot of developers get pretty greedy with the cash shop, and pay to win has <laughs> been a big issue, but that doesn't happen on private servers nearly as much. So private servers have been, I think, a big boon for a lot of these MMORPGs. You, again, it's mind-blowing that you have a game like Tales of Pirate on a private server with over 1,000 concurrent players. 1,500 at peak on one of the servers I looked at. And this game is old. It's, it was never like you, you'll find Moo online private servers with, with thousands of players online and multiple of them. The numbers are insane. People are missing the total players. Like, like yes, no, not that many new games came out that are super successful in the last two, three years. But those old games, I, I would say that a lot of those old games are growing if you add the, player, the, the, the 
private server population to them. Uh, okay, well, again, well, well, why don't we go to a game that we know is dead? How about that, Mark? That we, okay, this, this conversation won't end. And guys, we can talk about this chart again in the post game. The goal here is not to put every game that came out every year. It's just uh, games that are indicative of that year, the big hallmarks mm -hmm. of the year. Uh, so Rose Online, which is a game that came out uh, during the big hype of bringing Korean games to America, mm -hmm. right? It actually shut down this week, or they announced it was shutting down this week. I'm actually so surprised this one shut down because the folks over at uh, Warp Portal Gravity, they do a pretty uh, interesting job of keeping their old MRPGs running. It, this was one of the first ones we played, I'll tell you. Yeah. One of the first, ro we played, I remember playing this in like, in like freshman year of high school. Sad to see this one go. And the, you know the funny thing is, this game, when it first launched here, it was it was actually a subscription game. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. We played a, I played on a free trial. I never actually ended up pay, paying for but fortunately for Rose Online, it's going to be alive through private servers. There are a lot of private servers for this game. Just like Ragnarok Online, making a private server for Rose Online is super easy. That's why there are just so many of them. I'm kind of curious to see if any, like, a lot of these old private server websites used to tell you how many players are online on their homepage, but a lot of them don't do that anymore. But I'm curious how many people play on some of these servers. Yeah, it would be interesting. So this game came out in 2005, right? Is that correct? Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's an oldie. Yeah, it is an oldie. So. The name stood for uh, Rush on seven episodes, but mm -hmm. they never actually finished the seven planets, which were the episodes, I guess. That's uh, sad. The developer went bankrupt. It. Uh, it was bought by Nexon. Not Nexon. Gravity. Gravity. Excuse me. I don't know why I said Nexon there. But uh, they never actually bothered finishing the world. I believe only four of the worlds was out. Mm -hmm. um, but there it is. And I'm actually surprised Warp Portal still is keeping some of their older games up. Mm-hmm. If you go to Warp Portal today, it's a it's a pretty interesting uh, site because so many of their PC games are just RO uh, spinoffs. So you got Ragnarok Online 2, Ragnarok Online, RO Restart, which I guess is the vanilla server, Ragnarok Clicker, Ragnarok Journey, and then you actually have these uh, non-RO games. So you have Record of Lotus War, Dra uh, Dragon Saga, Requiem, and Rose Online, which is going to go away soon. And I think Ragnarok Online is still their most popular and well-known franchise. I mean, yep. uh, the, the Row M launched last week in the, in the West, but uh, somebody mentioned in the chat too. He's played on private servers for Ragnarok Online today, last year, with like over 5,000 you know, plus players online, which is incredible for such an old game. And we've played on Ragnarok private servers quite a bit as well. I mean, we played more private servers than official servers for that game, as have most players. But it just it's still remarkable to see how many people play on private servers for titles. So, do, so are, are you surprised as me that these three games, for example, are still up on Warp Portal? Like, yeah, why Requiem? I, I thought was actually more dead than Rose Online. You know, Requiem, they they build some horror and more RPG, but it, it's it's there's really not much horror about it. Just a little like more bloody than other games. I don't know. It's weird to see it's still running. Yeah. So I I suspect in uh, in the in the near future we're gonna see more uh, shutdowns in games like these. Mm -hmm. These kind of games that are straggling by. Uh, you know. Not every game can be RO, right? So uh, for every one of these old games that uh, mm -hmm. is, it has found success in a, in a long uh, in a player base, longevity, there's going to yeah. be nine that are going to shut down. So we'll see in the years ahead uh, who, who makes the cut and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. it, it's interesting. It's interesting. You know, some of these games are... Obviously, not every game is going to be able to survive in private servers. A lot will just die forever. Mm -hmm. And dead that way. Let's let's change gears a little bit. I know last week we talked a bit... Um, Last week we talked a bit about how to keep players online in games longer. And I know I talked about Final Fantasy XIV introducing Mahjong to the game. And actually, I had a chance to play Mahjong on Final Fantasy XIV for the first time uh, for the first time last night. And it was interesting to say the least. 
it's very have you ever played Japanese Mahjong Alpha? No, I have not. Okay. So having because you know, you talk about why not why not play chess in the game, right? So look at this video, for example. You know, these players walk up to a random board in the game in, in the gold saucer area, and you can play with like, up to up to other players in the game. Four people can play Mahjong So it's cool that you can just sit down at a table and play with your buddies in game. But unfortunately, Mahjong is not a game Westerners are really familiar with. Very few, I mean, outside of Japan and Asia, people don't know what Mahjong is. I find it very odd that they added Mahjong instead of like chess to the game, or instead of, you know, maybe even Texas Hold'em, or like literally any card game. Or Why do you game. find that odd? It's literally a Japanese game. It's a, yeah, yes, but they have more player. But yeah, it's a Japanese game that has more players in Europe and in, uh, in America than it has in. That's why I find it odd. And it's actually such a bad game to introduce to Westerners because I, 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 I played with four friends, well, three friends and me. And we didn't finish the game. And the Mahjong game, it takes over 20 minutes to play, right? And, and the rules are, are pretty complicated. You, you have to at least read them like 30 minutes before you understand what the hell's going on. And obviously, we nobody did the tutorial. We had no idea what was going on. And we didn't finish our game. And we just left. I, I'm curious to see, like, if score from Square Enix's end, what percent of players start a Mahjong game and what percent actually end up finishing? I think that number is going to be very low. Not that Mahjong is a bad game. I, it, just Westerners are not familiar with it. So it was very weird for them to make that game. They could have made chess. They could have made checkers. They could have played Texas Hold'em or little anything. I mean, people that played Puzzle Pirates back in the day used to play just for like the Texas Hold'em game in Puzzle Pirates, if I remember correctly. So it's just weird to put this game over anything else. I I, I find it weird that you find this weird. Uh, Westerners I mean, don't know it. All the Jap all the developers for this game are in Japan. Of course, they're gonna make something. But they know how to play chess. With. They know how to play uh, Texas Hold'em. You no, they don't. How do you know? You can Google it. It's not hard. But what? Why wouldn't they make something that they are familiar with? Because they, because most of their player base, you can look at the active players in, in Japan versus Europe and America. I don't, I don't think they care. I, don't think the, I think the mindset of making something for the customer is like an American mindset. They're making something they that just, they want, they like. Yeah, but regardless, I do like the concept a lot because actually, when you play, um, you can play ranked queues as well if you want. And when you play, uh, you can actually sit down at a table and like, you can like you can actually see other players while you're sitting down. With your character, you can wave at them, you can emote at them, you can talk to them in party chat or regular chat. It feels like a like an interactive experience. You're actually sitting there on the table playing with them. It's almost like a board game simulator, but with an avatar. But with an avatar you care about because it's your character in the game. And I think MRPs are squadron. Like this is it's such a good opportunity for them to put other stuff like this into the game. And I I love the concept. I just wish it wasn't mahjong. It was literally anything else. I well I hope that they find enough success with this that they do broaden it. So I can imagine yeah. chess, checkers, go. Uh, another board game mm -hmm. that's popular in Asia, uh, mm -hmm. Texas Hold'em, like you said. Uh, yeah, I, so I think I, I'm hoping this is just the start of a more you know broadened uh, gold saucer casual game thing. And Brutal made a point too that uh, maybe you want to see the their culture shine through with their addition with the mahjong in the game, which is, I mean, I have very little experience. My friends that played the game, they they're like, why the hell is this taking so long? Like, what the hell? Like, I, I, everyone I saw that played it amongst my friends, just like they they went to it excited. They liked the concept of like playing board games. But they didn't like mahjong, or they didn't want—they didn't want to learn mahjong rather. So it kind of left a little, bit of a sour taste in people. You know, I, I showed the game. Uh, yeah. Again, okay. I—I think I think when they made this, they had the Japanese player base in mind, mm -hmm. uh, and the, you know, the developers had themselves in mind. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, whatever. It's there. It's, it's you don't have to play but, if you don't like it. <laughs> but, but, but think about it this way: if, imagine if they added Texas Hold'em, I get it would be a, a, a runaway hit, an absolute runaway hit, and they can do it without even like. They could do it in such a simple way without like making players go broke gambling, without the gambling element of it, right? Because you can you, you can play for like an alternative currency. Because like in the, MG, in the gold saucer, you play for a currency called MGP. It's like separate from your regular currency. It's just used for like non 
chocolate saucer. So you could play with some other currency if you wanted to make it like non-gambling related. And it could be a lot of fun. You know, you know people that play like Zynga poker or Facebook poker. Those games are still incredibly popular. And you just play for fake money. And people love it. And if you could put that in an MRPG, it would be amazing. You know, I played an Ultima Online private server that had Texas Hold'em, and I absolutely loved it. Like, I, I would log in just to play that. I could have played for free on, on a PokerStars.com on, with free money, with fake money, or any other website for fake money. But no, I played in the MRPG because it was more fun. It meant more to me. The world and the currency, it, it was more interesting to me to play in the game. I, I, I guarantee it would be like a runaway success if they did it with Texas Hold'em in this game. I suspect there's a lot more legal issues with making a Texas Hold'em one. Hold on. Puzzle Pirates had Texas Hold'em. Well, that was a long time ago, and it shut down. Puzzle Pirates. And it shut down. Coincidence? No, but not because of that. People literally <laughs> played Puzzle Pirates for Texas Hold'em. Tell me I'm wrong. People literally logged in and played I, it for I, I that reason. I, I, I never really got into which it. Is, which is remarkable. I mean, it's, I, 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 I'm confident people would actually just log in just for that. You, it'd, be, you know, you, it'd be so much fun. It, it, it's mind-blowingly like, amazing if they could put stuff like that in, in the game. And I, I'd like to see them do it with in the future, hopefully. But because it's their Japanese developer, because it's poker, because in their mind it might be gambling, it might cause issues, but I'm hoping that they get around to doing it because they have a lottery in this game too. They have like scratch cards almost. So like the idea of a gambling mechanics in the game aren't like so foreign. So they could still find a way to put it in there. I think we'll see Go and Chess before we see poker, but but we'll see. I, I, yeah, I mean, Go makes sense too. Chess is, I imagine, a very simple one to introduce. But poker, please add poker. It'd be amazing. I'm so hyped for poker in there. You know, there's a, uh, well, speaking of, let's stay with Final Fantasy for a minute here. There is a new Final Fantasy mobile cr trading card game coming out. Did you know about this? Mobile trading card. I, never, I, I did not hear about this. All right, let me, let me pull it up for you. We don't have a lot of information. It's, it's, in, a, it's, it's in a closed beta in Japan. Uh, Final Digital Card Game announced for PC. and some, Oh, it's for PC as well. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, it looks like it's some kind of, uh, there's a little board here. You're drawing these cards and playing. Um, mm -hmm. We'll see. You need a, you need a Yahoo Japan account to sign up for the beta. Interesting. But the beta should start in a few days, uh, which means we'll probably get some videos online soon. Mm -hmm. And stick with Final Fantasy for one more thing because it kind of fits with our last week's weekly rate about keeping players in the game longer. They added the blue mage to the game, which is oh. pretty fascinating because it's not a traditional class in the game where you just you level to level seventy and do raids and stuff. Instead, it's capped at level fifty, and it's got a very interesting progression. If you're familiar with the concept of the blue mage from older Final Fantasy games or perhaps Final Fantasy eleven. The way the class works is um, you have to actually find certain monsters in the game. So if you find like a, if you find a certain enemy casting a, a spell, like Water Cannon, for example, like an enemy will cast like an ability. And if you tag that enemy, like a random monster in the world, a persistent open world, you fight it, it casts an ability. And if you witness the ability, so as long as you cast that ability in combat and then you kill it, you can actually you get that, that monster's ability. And that's the only way to gain abilities as a blue mage. You can't just unlock them by leveling up. You have to actually scour the world, find certain monsters that you can learn their abilities from and kill them, and there's a chance for you to get it. So it encourages exploration of the world. And not only that, it encourages completing older content in the game because you have to actually... You have to find like some of the bosses in the game, some of the primals, or some, uh, maybe at the end of a dungeon, there's a boss that casts one ability. You have, to, you have to go through the dungeon, get to the boss, and then kill that boss and hope that he... No, you can, your RNG kicks in and you learn that ability. So it has players scouring the world and exploring old content, which they never would have done otherwise. In principle, it's a really good idea, I think, because it kind of encourages players to do old content, and it's fun, and people are just running around the world doing it. And there's like 48 abilities in the game currently for Blue Mages, so that's 48 different enemies you got to find. So I had friends that were playing it. I didn't play it myself personally, but in in tw like 12 hours of nonstop play, they unlock like 30 of the abilities, 48. So there's still something to do. But 
unfortunately, it was really poorly designed in one way because you can level up very quickly. You start as level one. This is a problem I think every MMORPG has. So when you become a blue mage, you're level one. And what you do is you tag like all these level 50 enemies and your friend who's max level one shots all of them, who's level 70. And then you get the experience of killing level 50 enemies as a level one. And you get level 50 in like 30 minutes. So how long does it take? Uh, 30 minutes? 30 minutes to an hour for players to get the max level if they want to cheese it the way I just Wow. How long does it take to do it the normal way? Like just whatever. Days probably. Days. So there's no reason not to do it. But people probably, yeah. People are going to, I mean, yeah. People, oh everyone's God. cheesing it to do it. But again, but that's how you get the max level. But to unlock all the abilities, all 48 or so abilities. Again, 12 hours, my friends got like 31 of the 48 abilities playing 12 hours nonstop. So it's still a cool way to kind of explore old content. Unfortunately, I'll tell you another really poor design problem they do with the Blue Mage too is because so I, I helped my friend actually uh, unlock two abilities this morning before the podcast. So you have to kill Titan in extreme mode, the harder mode for Titan. He's a level 50 boss. Unfortunately, you can... So the max level for a Blue Mage is level 50. Coincidence, right? So you kill a level 50 boss on extreme mode while you're level 50. So it's like, whoa, you got to kill a boss that's your level. It might actually be hard, right? But unfortunately, what, what you do is you have like four Blue Mages that want to like all get the ability. Or you can do it with one Blue Mage as well. And you get your level 70 friend who queues in with you. So your friend is level 70. And everyone else level all the other blue mages are level fifty, and your friend kills the boss in one minute, and then you basically skipped all the challenge. But I, th I thought you couldn't content. group with. Uh... You can't queue. You can't enter oh, a queue to do it. But, you but if you yeah. if you make a pre made party, you can enter it all the content. So it's almost like they thought like, if you had to actually do the content at your level, it would be awesome because it would actually extend the the content runway to keep players in the game for a very long time. But because you can play with level seventy friends. They can just one shot. They can they can kill the boss in one minute, and you just keep grinding them that way, which kind of I think defeats the purpose, or it just feels like a really weird design. Hmm. But it, it's a really cool idea, though. Where's the question? Are they gonna fix that leveling bug? You think or no? Or like uh, no, Th that's a problem I think exists in every MRP. I mean, I know Athene for World of Warcraft like got the max level, like the fastest in the world by doing something similar. I mean, there's uh, just weird ways to cheese speed gain and more RPGs. It's kind of always been there, so you can do it in WoW, you can do it in Final Fantasy. They're not gonna be able to fix it, you know. Gotcha. That part is fine. It, it, it is it is weird that the they they really mess up the other pr no progression curve of you know, trying to get the, all the abilities. Even with the cheesing though, it still takes at least twenty four hours or more of gameplay time to get the, all the abilities. For the blue. It's a cool way to keep players in the game longer, which is nice. Dedicated duck leveling should be fast. It's not fun. I totally disagree with that. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean leveling in a in a game where they haven't really kept up. The quality of the older content is is not fun. I agree with that, but mm -hmm. uh, I think leveling is fun in if it's done right. Like if, if you're, the latest expansion for a game, let's say it raises the level cap, the, those playing through those level caps is fun in my opinion. Like I, you know, the, the story is always good. The, the the new areas are usually better quality than what I'm used to, uh, so it, I think it can be done well. Well, that's a key point though. Ideally, it has to be fun, but like very few games manage to do that. For me, Maple Story do. Maple Story One rather is really good for leveling experience because I, I enjoy leveling and seeing all the job my, my progression through all the classes with every job in the game. But I do think leveling Final Fantasy XIV is especially boring. But yeah. I, but, but the problem is the leveling is boring. It's it, it, I, I do think leveling fast is a problem, and I guess making you level fast kind of solves that problem in a really awkward way. But I would rather the leveling be slow and fun than just fast and get to other stuff quicker because like you have more invested in your character. Kind of like take it slow. Take it slow. Mm-hmm. Somebody right. says, I don't like level caps at all. If there's a cap, quit once I reach it. I think a lot of people don't like level caps for that reason, too. Which which is why I really like the the, the soft level cap in Black Desert Online. Once you reach it, it becomes like near impossible to like. You can still gain above it, but it just became so much grind. But it was still nice.
Oh, I got some good news. All right, we were talking earlier about you know not enough new MMORPGs coming out, but this just yesterday I believe we actually had an announcement that a new MMORPG is coming out in the West somewhere this year. Let's hear it. What do we got? We got we got Estelia. Ooh, uh, a me... new MMORPG, right, Altai? That's a Unreal Engine three powered game. It, yes, yes, that's what I was going to say. So this game Estelia is in open beta currently in Korea. The mm-hmm. the the open beta started in 2017, so you know you could say it's 2017 or 2018, but it's still a relatively new game. The lag between Korea and the West is not going to be that big, right? Just, a, just probably maybe six months or so, depending on when this comes out. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, like you said, Omar, it's an Unreal 3-powered MMORPG, which is amazing to me. Why are they making it an Unreal 3? I think it's too late uh, to change that because it's already out in Korea. Uh, so we're going to be stuck with that. Uh, but here's what, I'll it, play it, some... It itself as a AAA MMORPG. I don't know if I believe that, though, I'll tell you. Triple A. Triple A, that's what they call themselves. I don't know what that means these days, but uh, here's some gameplay. Uh, some lovely characters are more, so it should be up your alley. Uh-huh. I the, the art looks good. I mean, it's probably not going to work well with like 100 people on the screen because of mm-hmm. Unreal 3, but you know, the art style, the good graphic quality isn't terrible. I mean, visually, this already looks like more stable than Bless ever did in terms of just running around and casting your spells. It already feels a little more fluid, but obviously, there's only two players on the screen, so. It's not a good metric of what's going to actually end up looking like on everyone's. But I mean, the most important thing is it's got to run well. Like I feel like so many more kind of like so many games fail to realize that's like the most important thing. If your game doesn't run well or, or like have a decent UI, it, it's so unapproachable. I'm seeing the snake lady, I like it. Yeah, so this game is actually in Korea at least. It's published by Nexon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they intentionally on the homepage of the Western version didn't include Nexon's name anywhere. So this is not I, – I don't know yet exactly, but I don't think this is going to be on the Nexon launcher. There's no Nexon logo here. It's, is uh, Nexon publishing it? Who, who, who's bringing it to the West? Well, apparently it's Barun on E&A. There oh, you go. Barunson. They're owned by another company. Yeah, These guys were bought out. I think they're owned by a Chinese company. So I'm they're bringing sure. it here. Um, not Nexon, which is interesting because I, I think – I'm pretty sure Nexon is somewhat involved in its development or something. Uh, but they have a bad name here in the West. Uh, I remember I was reading a MMO news site that published this article, and half the comments were like "Nexon pass." <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I am interested to see how quickly they're going to come out with this because they they said uh, closed beta applications will be starting soon. Ooh. I look at what other games they own. Studio Eight, N Two Studio. I, I, I feel like other games they have online games. They do they do mobile as well. They got they got Estelia on their homepage, obviously. Their their only online game listed on their official website is Estelia. Weird. It's, they've got to have more. Name rings a bell. All I see on here. How many mobile games? I what well, I have I know at least one person in our uh, Discord who plays this game and, and vouches for it that he's having fun with it in okay. the Korean version. So I will try it. We will try it. You know, it is a game that's coming out this year, so it's on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, the one. Uh, I guess interesting feature they have is you basically collect these uh, cards, which are represent. They're called Estelles. They're like little companions you, you like collect mm-hmm. or, or tame or capture, and mm-hmm. you can use them in combat. So you can it see that. Me of that Nexon game. What was it? Did you collect all the Riders of Icarus? Riders of Icarus. I think yeah. I don't see. I haven't seen any like MMORPG do a pet system well or a collection system really well when it comes to like collecting companions and pets. Hopefully, maybe Estelia does that. But I don't know. I feel like that concept as a for MMORPGs. Has been pretty unexplored, or at least in, in, you know, hasn't been done well yet. 
There's, there's, some, there's some room to innovate there. Yeah, as someone mentioned, it kind of reminds me of a, of a Taro uh, animation. Remember, Taro is also Unreal uh, 3. Yes, when you're running around, it definitely looks like uh, Terra. I got I got Terra vibes. Yeah, well, this is this we're going to see when this comes out. I suspect the second half of the year, not the first half, but we'll see. We got something, so maybe, maybe first half. We got, the, we got the announcement. Usually from an announcement, some kind of beta isn't too bad, you know? We knew this game was out already in, in, in Korea for but they said 2019 launch. I'm going to say first half. Open beta, first half. Open beta, first half. All right, I'm going to write it down. It's a bet. All right, put it down, put it down. Put it down, down the says... half. Okay. All right, what do you got? What do you got? You, you get the next one. Uh, let's see. Well, Risk Your Life is back. Uh, oh. We talked about older and more pages earlier. Remember, all day? <laughs> Risk Your Life, boys. If you remember this game, it was from 2004. Okay, I put the news up earlier that Risk Your Life is back. Uh, it's called Return of Warrior now. Originally launched back in 2004. It's actually one of the earlier action MMORPGs, though not quite action-y the way Blade & Soul or Terra are, where you can dodge attacks and block attacks. Though it still feels a bit action because you kind of swing at nothing if you want to. And you can't actually like run through other players, which makes PvP kind of interesting. So you can't phase through other players. You can't run through mobs either. So there's actually a collision in that regard, which makes PvP a little interesting. But they have a, you know, their, their video you can see in the background. It's actually pretty hilarious, the video in the background, because it shows some really like, wonky text. Traditional MMORPG is back. Return of Warrior. If you want fascinating action and speedy war, join us now. Altai, do you want speedy war? If so, oh, join Return speedy of Warrior. War. Speedy war is my favorite kind of war, guys. In, out, done. Speedy. So we actually played this a bit in the pregame. Uh, for those of you who were here, you saw me mm -hmm. playing it a bit. I am a little surprised it didn't launch on Steam because you have to actually make an account on their own little service, which mm -hmm. in today's world, especially for such an old game, I feel like is a... It's just another hit against it, you know? They should have just launched on Steam. They should have just launched on Steam. I agree. Yeah. Weirdly, to download it on its own. But it's... The combat is a little different. They, they call themselves a non-targeted MMORPG. So, it, 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 you know, what was... That? There's another game um, Turkish players love. It's in the European... Metin 2? Metin 2, yes. Because Metin 2 wasn't strictly point-and-click either. It was, like, pseudo-action-y to a degree. So this is kind of pseudo-action-y as well. But this actually feels a little more action-y than, uh, than Metin 2. And if you like older MMORPGs, uh, I'm actually going to try this one out again. For, I actually like playing old. So do, you really, first, uh, do you think it's going to do well, though? I don't. No, no, of course not. But I think it'll, it'll have, like, maybe maybe hundred, a couple hundred players online. A couple hundred. Night Online is another Turkish love, love yes. game. Love Metin 2 and Night Online. I don't know why. They do. Metin 2 is still popular in Europe. Yeah, Cheetify, I believe it. I mean, last time I logged into that game, it was pretty packed. But uh, yeah, old games, guys, they're still alive. They're still kicking. This game, you know what's crazy too? This game has like 16 classes. How many MMORPGs do they have 16 playable classes? Now, balance might go out the window, but like, it's kind of cool they have so many classes. It is. Well, speaking of classes, there is a MMORPG that's kind of known for its class system. Huh? Look at that connection. Tree of Savior. Which was a, a game we were all looking forward to when it was first announced way back when. They had a big update that came out today. It's live today. It's called the Rebuild uh, Update. And it totally revamps their class system. Um, and we'll see if it has a big impact on the game because they've kind of been struggling on. Uh, let's see, if you go to Steam Charts, let's see what they're at. Oh, so they're up. They're up a huge number. So their average players is uh, thirteen hundred, right? Mm -hmm. 
they're currently over 4,000 today because of this update. So this might actually be worth trying. I might actually log well, back in. It's it, it's a much needed change to the game. I mean, previously they kind of like they had a ton of like ways to build your character, but it turned out being like it was really weird because some when you, some subclasses were completely useless. Like if you became a level three knight, maybe that, that that third point you went into like knight was utterly wasted later on. It was like completely useless. They're promising with the current system, nothing will be like completely useless later on. The, the way they, they they changed completely redesigned the way you know your, the class system works. And if it fixes that problem, which they, they, they claim it does, I haven't played it since, uh, it'll be good for the game. And the player base, the, the, the peak concurrent uses is up double from its usual you know, figures. People are at least trying the game again, which is good. They added a new uh, scout class as well. And I, I, I mean, I'm I'm, fan, I'm nostalgic for Ragnarok Online. That's probably one of the reasons I'm still playing Ragnarok M right now. So I'll give this game a try too. Oh, wow. So apparently, according to uh, RJG tab here, uh, it's only picking a 5k because I guess more people can't get in because the servers are full. Be interesting mm -hmm. to see how it does in the weeks ahead. I mean, this game has made a lot of problems with like server capacity wise. I remember when this game first launched, it was completely unplayable because they had none of servers to accommodate like everyone that was hyped for the game. So a lot of players quit from then too. And it's funny now that they're having the same issue with not having enough channels for all the people trying to get back into the game. This one is on Steam though, which is mega convenient. Yes. I mean, the fact that this is on Steam is going to make me at least, you know, download and give it a try real quick. When a game isn't on Steam, though, I'm not always, you know, willing to give it another try. But I do like the convenience. Yeah, indeed. Let me just bring up these little numbers for you guys to see here. Trius Savior, uh, like I said here, so it's been peaking around. Average player count has been uh, 1,300 with a peak mm -hmm. of 1,800. So it's actually pretty consistent player base. Small but consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we have over uh, 4,000. So we'll see if we can hold these numbers. And if we go look back, at, you know, when it launched back in 2016, it was peaking at 50K players. With uh, twenty four thousand online, and it's you know basically every month since then it's kind of been red. Yeah, but it just a lot of the classes were useless. You couldn't respec. A lot of issues from before. Hopefully they'll address that with. And I'm rooting for. It. I think the game looks beautiful. I mean, tree, I mean, Tree of Saviors got some of the. I love that art style because again, I'm nostalgic for writer online, and I love the music in the game. I mean, Tree of Savior music is some of the best, like and like video game music I've heard in a long time. In fact. I'll still randomly put on the, the, the we have the SoundCloud soundtrack on emos.com slash music. And I'll put that in my background sometimes because it's actually so epic. Indeed. All right. So that's one to try. Again, uh, now a relatively old, a game that's getting a little older. It's still relatively new, Tree Saver. I think it came out, what, three years ago? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, I'm, good to, I'm glad to see it getting updates and we'll see how it does uh, in 2019. What's remarkable too is like our concept of old has changed a lot. I remember like, when we were like 18, oh, like three years old, that's fucking old. Now when I think of a game that's like five years old, eh, it's still pretty new, right? Well, I mean, to me, that shows stagnation right there. Mm -hmm. That Things should be new every year, right? If they're not, it means that whatever whatever sector you're talking about is just stagnant. But again, good games, good MMORPGs especially, are built to last. You know, mm -hmm. RuneScape built to last. World of Warcraft generally built to last. But, Final Fantasy XIV. These, you're not going to get a new one. Why would they ever? Why are they going to make a new ESO game? They don't make a new, new one. Expansions. But it should be... Or, League is a good example of this. When League launched, do you remember what it looked like? Awful. I know. Visual. Right. So every couple of years, League has a total overhaul of its uh, graphic system, right? Graphic style. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what a, that's what an old game that's still you know, re relevant and the developers care about it looks like. They go through consistent, continual refreshes, like major refreshes. This but is true games of do Warframe. That. It's usually pretty subtle, though. They do Not that. really. Awesome Some games do. Some games don't. Some games just sit there. Yeah. Black Desert Online add the HD, the Black HD Desert mod. Is not, yes, okay. Another game that's and that HD model came out like last year. So yes, you know, 
He's only a few years old already, so that game already did a big refresh. But a lot of games but, don't do that. I know, but, but good MMORPGs are built to last at the point. You know, people are going to keep playing them for a long, long I mean, also, people don't want new graphics all the time. Like, old school RuneScape is successful because they aren't fucking with the, like, the base, the foundation of the game, you know? People don't want, they want the better graphics to play RuneScape 3. You know? Not, people are playing old school for a reason, and it's, it's growing bigger. So I don't understand why, like, why, what does old school RuneScape have to do for you to feel like you got refreshed? Well, well old school RuneScape, by the way, bad? hold up, old school RuneScape still gets the same features. Updates, like the, yeah. yeah, the mining stuff, and it still gets yeah. updated. So they have tons of updates. Yeah, they have big updates. A lot of games don't. Week, you know, that's, that's, that's my point. Yeah, but a lot of old, the older RPGs that are still popular today do get those updates. Just they're not going to get like visual rehauls. Like ESO may not get a you know graphical overhaul for a while, but they got another expand. They got another expansion in the pipeline actually right now. So another reason why more RPGs aren't dead, right? They're they're built to last, and there's a ton of them that they aren't going to get giant refreshes, but they're still around. Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder how Star Wars: uh, The Old Republic is gonna, how long it's gonna mm -hmm. be there. Uh, I guess Disney could decide to pull the license at some point. Yeah, I mean, they they said they had, a, they had an expansion in the works for the game, so it's not dead quite yet. But uh, definitely doesn't you know it doesn't get as much mind share as it used to. And I thought maybe the new Star Wars movies would help it, but you know, not so much. I don't think people aren't really. I mean, obviously different timelines, right? But still, Star Wars. Star Wars might be you know might be on the chopping block eventually. Uh, they they shut on it by making it they doing the same stupid. Route everyone does, where they make the content brain dead easy, where anyone can you know solo the dungeons. Yeah, uh, it was actually a decent mechanics in that game before they shed on it. That model though, where the content is brain dead, brain dead easy, is is taking over every more. People were talking, we were talking in chat earlier that you know, you level up to max level so quickly nowadays too, and there's no challenge until you get to late game and do like end game difficult content on purpose. I mean, I'm playing. Uh, I say playing very loosely. I'm playing uh, Ragnarok M Eternal Love right now, like I'm emulator. But guess what? I'm auto playing the game. It's literally grinding for me. I'm like level. I'm 38. I'm level 38. I get my job at level 40, but it just it literally just runs on its own, killing random enemies with no chance of me dying. It's remarkable. You kill enemies that are like 10 levels higher than you, Altai in Ragnarok M. So when I was level 25, I was just killing level. I was killing like level 30 monsters, level 35 uh, dudes. They did zero damage. To me. My my passive regen was more than a, than a monster 10 levels higher than me. Is that insane? <laughs> it is. It is. I'm, I'm not using abilities. I'm auto attacking to kill them. And, and it's crazy. But, like, people are playing this game. This game is packed. You know, unbelievably packed. There are people everywhere. There are, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I wish you could see how many concurrent players are online right now. But, like, you look around. It's unbelievably busy. And everyone's auto-playing, obviously. Which is weird because, like, I don't know why I'm playing. Like, I'm going to get a higher level, get more gear, so I can auto-play more later on. At what point do I actually play the game? Never. It's just one path of auto-playing that leads to another path of auto-playing. Like, there's only two instances where I actually took control of my character, okay? Once once I, like, got a lot of loot, I sold it all. I went to the auction house in the game, and I bought a better weapon. From, like, another player with in-game Zenny. And then I equipped it, and I went back to auto-playing. And that's it. And no other point in that game did I actually have to think about doing anything. Wow. I mean, progress comes with a better user interface. Penguin Power. It's interesting, but a lot of mobile MRPGs, I think, do kind of fall... In the progress quest or cookie clicker style gameplay model now, where player input is like so minuscule. Maybe like later on, I, I, I'm sure when you do boss fights later on, you might not be able to autoplay it because you have to actually use your abilities. And the way autoplay works is it doesn't use your abilities, at least not that I, not that I, I haven't figured out, right? So my character doesn't use abilities unless I do it manually. And when you're fighting bosses later on, MVPs in the game, maybe then you'll have to kind of do maybe in dungeons, but like for the most part, if you're fighting enemies that are 10 levels higher than you and they do nothing, I can't imagine it gets much harder besides boss fights.
So boss fights are probably the only time you'll have to play the game, mate. All right. I got one. I got another big story for the week, more. All right, let's hear. So right, here's Activision and Bungie are splitting up. Bungie to take Ooh. Destiny over Destiny Publishing. So uh, as you guys might not be aware of this, um, Destiny, or I should say Bungie, had a 10-year agreement with Activision. Uh, and those 10 years are not up. Uh, and yet they decided to put like, whatever arranging deal they made between the two of them. Uh, mm -hmm. They both must have agreed to some way to part ways. And that means Destiny will now be published by Bungie. This this has a problem for PC gamers because, as you guys know, under Blizzard launcher, Destiny Two was is an option there. Mm -hmm. So we're not really sure yet what's going to happen with that. Is it no, they're good, they're, they're, it's going to stay on. They it's said this, stay on? that one will stay on the PC. It's going to stay on. They want to make it as seamless as possible. They've confirmed that it's not going to be removed from there. But obviously, this unshackles Destiny from any kind of you know oversight with Activision. So now they can do whatever they want. I think a lot of a lot of Destiny Two fans, Destiny fans in general, are happy to see this because. In their mind, a lot of what held Destiny 2 back was Blizzard's, or Activision's rather, publishing agreement, where they can kind of have some kind of say on how they monetize and do, do whatnot. So we'll see where that goes from there. But uh, it's, I don't know. That, that, I mean, the last few updates have been a lot better for Destiny 2. Uh, like the first Destiny game, I think the first expansion of the game, a lot of fun. People are saying that's been like that for Destiny 2 as well. I mean, we'll see where it goes from here, though. And it's interesting because while uh, the Bungie fans were happy, right? It seems like mm -hmm. Activision shareholders were not because we had a big drop the day this came out. So this is a chart of the, the stock here. And this is the day it got announced. This just sharp, sudden decline right there. Yeah, that um, big decline is like what was about 10%. It lost about $4 billion in, in market value that day. So investors are viewing this news as big, a big negative for Activision Blizzard for either not being able to make this franchise work or being able to lose the franchise to uh, the longer the publishing rights over it. Or some kind of whatever happened, it's been a big negative blowback for Blizzard. In fact, Activision Blizzard has been on going downhill since uh, since BlizzCon. If you, if you look at that chart, yep, when BlizzCon, I, yep, yep. So this is BlizzCon. <laughs> look at BlizzCon; it's been going straight down, and it's crazy. They've lost like half their market value almost, which is like thirty billion dollars have been lost, evaporated, in investor wealth for since uh, since that moment with uh, revealing like the Diablo Mobile. You game. have phones, don't you? You have phones, bro. But the thing is, I still think Diablo Mobile is going to make a lot of money. I do think a lot of their old, their other franchises have been kind of stagnating. I mean, I think Blizzard's biggest problem is Overwatch is their newest franchise, but we, we really haven't had anything since. Like, uh, Blizzard, they don't release a lot of games, they, but the games they do release do well and they have a long lifespan. They don't really release too many games, and they need another. I think Blizzard needs another big hit, and they can't, they're not making any mobile games directly themselves. They're partnering with Netties to do that. So, I think I think investors want more more games, more more big franchises, and Overwatch I think is stagnating now as well. I know Overwatch actually said their Overwatch League was profitable. I would bet anything that Overwatch, the Overwatch League will start losing money uh, this year in 2019. And it was very front-loaded. They made a lot of money selling licenses to the Overwatch League for like $10 million. And when you account for that, they made it was profitable. But I don't know. Esports still has been very difficult to monetize. No one's been able to make a lot of... Like, Valve is the only company in the world that has figured out how to make money off esports. And that's because of Dota 2's compendium. You know, CSGO is actually big in that world too. But you know, League of Legends losing money on these Like a lot of money. And they have such a big scale. There's no way in hell these any other no one any, all the smaller guys are making money on e Yeah, esports is a huge money pit. I've been saying it for years. I am not uh, you know, positive on esports. I think it's just a it's a money pit for these developers and publishers, and I just don't see it uh, lasting unless they want to keep losing money forever. It, it, it they're getting ahead of themselves. The problem is a lot of investor dollars chasing esports when it's not ready yet. I mean, the number of people watching esports is going up. 
number of events are going up. Like the, 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 the eyeballs are going up. It's interesting, but there's so much more money chasing it than possibly exists in opportunities to make money off it. That's the biggest problem. That's the reason esports doesn't. Make they got to take a slower, more, you know, game approach. What's crazy, guys, is Alliance of Valiant Arms is relaunching. Like, uh, the, the close beta 2 for that begins like a week, January 19th. They're beginning close beta. They're relaunching as AVA Dogtown. It's just oh. old ass Korean lobby shooter, right? And they're launching with an esports strategy. Oh, <laughs> AVA is, they're bragging about their, about their esports strategy. They're going to, they're going to partner with ESL. And they're going to have, they're going to have, uh, you know, some, some kind of leagues or AVA. There's no way on God's green earth anyone's going to watch AVA esports. It's never going to happen. And, and they're bragging about it. They, they, they put like front and center on their press release saying, we have, you know, we partner with ESL. We're going to push esports. Like they think in the minds of a lot of, I think, developers, oh, if we have esports, we're successful. But they don't realize you have to have the, a successful game. And then that leads to esports. You can't have esports lead to a successful game. And, and a lot of these Korean shooters are so boned because there's no reason to play them when there's so many. Um, when CSGO is free to play now, too. That's a big so, one. So I remember when we were, like, you know, in, a, in a high school and such, mm-hmm. Counter-Strike cost money. And all these, all these, all these Korean shooters were free. But now mm-hmm. there's no excuse not to play an actual good game like Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know what they're... And, and, and honestly, I do believe a lot of people will claim, well, no, I prefer this to Counter-Strike. But they say that after they played one, not the other, because one costs money. But if, if yeah. they all started playing Counter-Strike first, I don't think they'd prefer the free-to-play... No. Duke version. I, I know as someone who's played a ton of combat arms, a ton of AVA, I've played so many of these Korean shooters, and I like them, right? I've played countless ones that shut down in the past, and I, they're fun to meme in, but Counter-Strike Go is just a better game. I mean, they're both the same kind of lobby shooter. There's some more persistent elements in these games with acquiring weapons and progressing, but CSGO just feels more responsive. CS, CS has always felt more responsive than any of these Korean lobby shooters, and their biggest competitive advantage was they were free-to-play. And now that they're both free-to-play, they're, they're totally... And the esports strategy is gonna be a complete flop. I cannot imagine. I want to watch one of these esports events for for AVA dog tag. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where this goes. All right. Yeah, should be fun to watch. That's on January eighteenth, boys. We we actually have keys on most.com. Anyone's interested in playing uh, AVA Do dog we? tag? Yeah, all we right. got we got a ton of those keys. How I can't exci- imagine two people are interested for them. How exciting! But if you want to play AVA, plus beta, check that shit out, boys. Need to get Shroud on it. Yeah, Shroud should play some AVA. He, if you play in the, the, the where I imagine the price will be like a hundred bucks, like five hundred bucks at most. But hey, you know, get your get, get your team together, get your friends together. Let's enter the ESL for AVA. The competition <laughs> will be pretty light though, so you have, you have a chance of winning. You you can you can walk away saying I'm an esports champion. There, that's true. Just if don't mention what game you're in. Yeah. No, we should play. We should try that all time. We should make. We should play AVA when they add their first uh, esports. All right, we'll see if we can win. Yes, AVA, and the funny thing is, AVA is such like a, it shut down so many times. It was on EG at one point, when it first launched in the West, it was on EG. Once EG shut down, they launched on Area Games. Area Games like, wait a minute, nobody plays this Duker game. They shut it down, and then in mass, like, wait a minute, we can take this game and make it even better. It was on in mass launcher, and then they shut down because nobody played it. And now the developer itself is like, okay, our game is misunderstood. We're going to launch it ourselves. And they're launching it. There's no way this game's going to succeed. There's, I mean, I, I actually had fun with this game, but no chance. Zero chance. It amazes uh, me that uh, Nmas thought they could have a launcher. Yeah, me too. That's cute, and they still have it. Yeah, Nmas currently has three games. Uh, only and only oh, so they're Terra, Crit- Critica, and Closers. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to cover this week? I think we got most of it. It's been a pretty quiet week this week, in, at least in terms of drama or anything. Brink. 
just a, well, I, well, maybe we'll pose a question for you guys to think about, and then we'll we'll see if we can cover more next week. Do you think, uh, with the whole platform works going on right now, so you know you have Epic Games trying to make their own store, Discord making their own store, right? Mm-hmm. Will we see a lot of MRPGs moving from uh, Steam to Epic, the Epic Store? If you're an Unreal Engine developed MMORPG, doesn't it make sense to be on the Epic Store? Yes, and you get and, and you're paying twelve percent fee versus twenty percent to thirty percent. Yeah, twenty five to thirty is a. Cut on Steam. So I thought, I thought, they, said, I thought they said it was twenty percent if you're over ten million. Maybe it was twenty. Uh, twenty five or thir- uh, twenty. I don't. I forgot. Mm-hmm. But for example, uh, Terra is on Steam, right? Mm-hmm. But why couldn't it just be on the Steam, uh, the Epic Store too? And they they can yeah. keep a lot more of it there. So we'll. Uh, uh, something to think about. I wonder if more games will move from um, Steam to Epic. And one example of a new game, uh, Ubisoft is, uh, has a game coming out, The Division Two coming out. It's kind of like an mm-hmm. MMO shooter esque style game. Uh, it was supposed to be on Steam, but now it's no longer on Steam at all. It's going to be on the Epic Games. So is this a trend we're going to see more of? I don't know. I think for sure. I mean, they're, they're, they're leaving too much money on the table. Uh, we've already seen Division abandon Steam after putting a Division 2 already had splash pages on Steam, landing pages, store pages, where you can see the game, see everything about the game, but they took those down and they're launching on uh, on Epic just because the pricing disputes. And I think what's going to happen at the end, though, is the Steam's going to cut their prices to match Epic. Oh, yeah? You think so? Okay, we'll see. Yeah, time will tell, yeah. More and more games do that. They'll have another choice. I'm shocked that the Atlas and stuff didn't launch on Epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they are Unreal 4 engine games. Uh, and there's a whole mod support section on Epic Games, on Epic Launcher for uh, Arc Survival Evolved. Mm-hmm. Steam, Steam. Def- he's definitely looking down for Steam, though. They have a lot more. They have, they, they have some real competition. So here's an article. Here's a here's a question for next week, guys. Is Steam dead or dying? There we go. I can say Steam. That that one could. Yes. So MRPGs are not dead, but Steam's dead, guys. Even though it's still huge. Still big, but the the trend for that might be changing. We'll All right. See. All right. Well, something to think about for next week, guys. All right. And that's it for me. Anything uh, else? More? Yeah, that's all we got for now. All right. Take it easy. See you next week. All right. Take care for uh for YouTube.